Welcome to the Ordinary Investors Podcast with your hosts, Sean and Leah Baker. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Ordinary Investors Podcast. Today we have special guest, David Giovaniello. Uh, David, we've been connected through um, social media, through Instagram for quite some time now, being that we're both in real estate and investors. And I know a lot of times you have some really cool opportunities, um, some properties that are coming to the market, um, and then you bring it to people online sometimes before they're, they come to the market, sorry, off, off market opportunities. And I know that's a lot of what we've um, kind of connected over which is really awesome. So maybe you can uh, let everybody know a bit more about yourself. Yeah, so I've been a, a real estate investor now for going on 25 years. Um, I bought my first place as a, a duplex that I house hacked and I've done everything from burrs to rent owns, flips to what I mostly own now, which is multifamily. Um, I've also been a, a real estate agent at Century 21, first Canadian here in London, Ontario for uh, 21 years now. That's awesome. awesome. So uh, take us back to when you originally started. So you mentioned uh, uh, duplexing at the time or house hacking at the time. Uh, bring us back to what got you uh, started inside real estate investing and uh, kind of what prompted it all. Yeah, so what prompted it would have been my mother. Um, she was a single mom when, we, when I was nine and she bought uh, a property, a semi-detached home that needed a lot of work. And I just remember helping her scraping the old linoleum off the kitchen floor. And she would just do these little cosmetic flips. And she was able to grow from a, a single mom working as a secretary to being able to um, have a 3,000 square foot house that she paid cash for um, and was able to start um, businesses. She had a video store. So she had done that a couple of times where she, she bought that semi-detached home. Then she moved to a single family home that was a backsplit and she turned that into a, with a secondary suite. So she turned it into a duplex, sold that, and she kept snowballing until she got to the point where she was able to leave her job and start her dream business. And so I saw that growing up. And so when I turned 22 and I had my first full-time job, I saved up my money and I, I purchased a, a duplex that I house hacked. That's amazing. That's awesome. So then uh, what was next inside your journey after that? Uh, so you did the house hacking there. Uh, what came next? Yeah, so I started with a duplex that I house hacked that I still own today. Um, and a funny thing about that is that my son now lives in that duplex um, at the same age that I was when I purchased that. So yeah, so I was 22 years old. I bought that. I lived there for maybe $200 a month, I think it is what it was costing me at that time. Again, this was 25 years ago. At, they didn't call it house hacking back then either. It was just, you know, I had a house and I rented out half of the house. But I was able to fix it up a little bit. Again, this, these were cosmetic things. So I was a young man. I was painting it, some, some odds and ends, new bathroom. I was able to refinance that house and buy a student rental. I held that student rental for a little while. And then I sold that student rental to buy another duplex. And so... On and on, over those maybe five, 10 years, I bought a bunch of duplexes that are triplexes. And then I've now grown to multifamily 
and um, joint ventures. Wow. Can you tell us a little bit more about um, the joint venture partnerships and what that looks like? Sure. So the, the joint venture partnerships I have now are all on multifamily. I have money partners and I'm the active partner. So I manage the property and my investors basically have something that would be similar to they would get if they're investing in a mutual fund. So they don't have to deal with the tenants. They don't have to deal with the phone calls. I handle everything. I find the deals and I put the deal together. I started with rent owns and I found that was the best way for me to raise money because it gave my investors um, a total picture of exactly what was going to happen and a timeline. So a lot of rent owns are one, two, three years. So my investors were comfortable. And then once the investors got comfortable with my returns, we moved to multifamily. That's awesome. And I'm sure that there's been a lot of uh, learning lessons through that uh, first initial part of the process and, and getting started and moving into you know, the rent to owns getting into joint ventures. What were some of the, I guess, uh, big learning lessons that you've had along the way? Well, I'd say I've had a lot of learning lessons along the way. Um, so starting out with the, with the duplex house hacking, the biggest lesson I learned was to treat my, my tenants like a, like they're my number one customer. And so I, I use that today, 25 years later, I treat my, tenants with the utmost respect as long as they're treating me with respect i give gift cards at the end of the year for all my great tenants and so um that's one thing where i feel if you treat it like a business and realize that the tenants are your number one customer um, it goes a long way in a mutual respect relationship but um i've learned i've, I've learned a lot of um hard lessons as well um it's hard to i guess pinpoint it to to simple terms but one one thing that I would say is that you have to know your end game and so when you're investing let's say I'm going to invest in a duplex and I'm going to renovate this duplex I need to know maybe I don't want to over renovate it I need to know what market I'm in so you need to know um, what your end game is and have an actual plan and then the, the third thing I would say is that you have to treat it like a business so if you're going to get into real estate investing, you can start by managing your own properties. You can start by doing your own work, but I highly recommend you graduate to having other people and putting together a power team that handle your renovations, that can manage your property for you. And you're not going there doing the work, which comes across extremely unprofessional. So those are just be some of the, some of the life lessons I've learned over the last 25 years. So are all of your properties now managed by other people and all the renovations being done by other people? Like, what does it look like today? Yeah. So I have all renovations get handled by a team. So, and I, I find that part. So I do manage the text messages or phone calls from my tenant, but it's, it's literally just, a, I, I forward a text message to my team and they handle it from there. I receive my bill and I pay the contractor. So that's basically how, how that goes. When it comes to renting out the property, I do still do that as well, but I'm in the real estate business and it's really just like showing a house. And this way I get to meet the tenant, but um, all my units are in London or St. Thomas. So it's not too difficult if I have anything outside. So I do have a, um, a property at Airbnb in Costa Rica, that particular property, I have a manager and and it's the best of all my properties because I don't have to deal with anything except for the end of the month statement. 
I was so excited for you to for you to share and go there with the Costa Rica property. I know that's something that we are definitely eyeing for ourselves long term and would like to invest in other markets like Costa Rica. Um, so can you tell us a bit more about that journey and what that's been like for you? Yeah, sure. So it's been almost exactly a year. So I bought it in April of last year. Um, it's been an amazing experience. My wife and I and my family, we've gone there three times last year and we're going to go again in, in April. Um, but the best part has been the fact that it's been rented. I, I had a hard time even getting myself there because it's been rented so, so many, um, so many of the days of the month. So that part's great. Um, it's Costa Rica was very similar to buying a property here in Canada. There was really no difference. My lawyer handled everything for me. My realtor handled everything for me. And, um, it was basically like I bought a property here. Um, it was just done all over, all over the internet. So did you connect with a local agent there? I did. So uh, many of your, um, many of your listeners are probably uh, familiar with his name is Rob Brake. He does uh, the Breakthrough Podcast. Um, so he was my realtor. He moved down there and I bought a rental property in the town that he lives in. It's called Playa Petrero and it's a great little beach town. So 45 minutes, 45 minutes from the airport and it uh, makes for a great vacation and a great rental property. That's awesome. Awesome. And uh, so what, uh, other than the Costa Rica property, what's uh, next? So what are you into uh, right now? You mentioned multifamily, I guess. Uh, yes. What does that look like and plans for the future? Yeah. So for the last, the last few years, maybe since uh, 2019, maybe even a little before that, I've only been buying multifamily six units or bigger on commercial mortgages. Now that I own, so I'm up to 40 units that I own right now or 41 units that I own now. So it gets hard to qualify on, on personal mortgages, which again, most of your listeners would realize that you, you do run into a cap that way. So I moved to commercial mortgages with joint venture partners. So that's, uh, I'm still looking now, the interest rates do make things interesting, but there are deals coming across my desk that I find interesting. And the banks are, I'm finding they're playing along as well. You have opportunities for 30 year mortgages and CMHC now even has a product where you can go upwards of 50 year mortgage. So, um, and, and those, that's basically what I'm looking for is multifamily six units or bigger with my joint venture partners. Awesome. Fantastic. Um, so I guess, uh, if you were to advice, if you were to strip it all back, uh, and, and start from scratch, uh, many of our listeners are in that boat where they're just making that first hurdle. Given all the knowledge that you have today, uh, if you were to strip it all back and start all over, uh, what kind of advice would you give to somebody uh, just starting out? Yeah, for me, I, I would give advice exactly what worked for me and exactly what got me started and a head start in life was to house hack. I feel that anyone just getting started out, the first home should be a house hack. And I find nowadays a lot of people want to get that big house on their first their first home you know the same house they grew up in instead of starting small buying a nice duplex where you can live for free if not live extremely cheap and then you can get a head start so i always recommend you start there and then try to raise value so if you can buy one that has an value add opportunity as well so your house hacking value add 
So that means you're going to renovate the property or clean up the property. Maybe you rent the other unit for more money. This allows you now to refinance that property and buy another. Maybe that's when you go buy your single family home or you, I would recommend you buy another multifamily and you snowball it from there. It's, uh, it's amazing. Most people, they're afraid, they're afraid to get involved with tenants. They just want to have a single family home, but it is way less work than you think it is. And it's going to give you a massive leg up and a head start. And it's exactly the same piece of advice I give all my clients. And I also give to my son, who's now 24. I'm trying to get him to do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, amazing advice. And I think that uh, it's a overlooked opportunity that a lot of people have when they're just starting out. And I know that Leah and I, we, we did a lot of that, that sacrifice up front uh, and, um, and, yeah, sacrifice on the house that your dream home to get where you want financially inside life, right? And yes. uh, getting into that market. And we talk about house hacking, and it could be that you, you have that duplex ad um, uh, or, or uh, where you're one unit and you rent out the other unit. The other way going about it is uh, rooming. You know, a lot of people, their first uh, home that they're out there is with roommates. So if you're going to have roommates, you might as well own the property and then rent out the rooms to, to your, to your friends and uh, have them yep. help pay the mortgage as well. Right. Yeah. 100%. And I had a client who did that. He was in his early twenties. I believe he was 22 to 24 years old. He bought just a single family home. It was a three bedroom home. He was a single man. So he rented out the other two bedrooms and he was living for free. So yeah, that's an amazing way to start. And yeah, you're right. It doesn't have to be um, a separate unit with tenants. It could be your buddies. You're probably gonna live with them anyways. Why not benefit from that? So that's great advice. Yeah, no, for sure. And then uh, uh, the other one too is, uh, you know, uh, look, you'd mentioned, you know, go do it again, right? So take advantage of the mortgage, uh, uh, mortgage laws that are out there for you too. If you can get in for less uh, down payment and do that one or two times, two or three times, then you know, uh, move into it as your principal residence and then turn the first one into that rental. Right. So that's right. hundred percent. Yeah. And I, basically my philosophy is to repeat. So if you've got something that's working, why not have another one that's going to work for you again and again, so just keep repeating until you, I always tell people you should have the end goal in mind. Right. So a lot of times people say, I want to get involved in real estate investing because I want to leave my job. So you need to know how much money does that job, how much money do you need to make to leave that job and then reverse engineer how you're going to pull that off. And so it might be six properties that are going to cash flow $300 a month or whatever that number is, work at it backwards and keep repeating until you get to that number. I know we had, um, I love that. It's such good advice. Um, we had a goal of we're going to buy 10 properties because we knew the numbers. We're like, yep, we can buy them for a hundred grand. We're going to do 10 student rentals and we're going to reach the financial number that we need to retire. And that was like our whole game plan. And, uh, but as you know, the market changes, things changed and that change. goal, pardon, Sean, as a mortgage laws change as well. Yeah. Yeah. Everything changed. The landscape changed. And so we ended up hitting like financially, we were hitting that way before we reached 10 properties because the property values went up. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, we have to change our game plan here. Right. And so it shifted, um, the way that we went about investing. Maybe Sean, maybe you want to expand on that, Sean. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like our original goal was, oh, you're, you're in the London market. So, you know, the, uh, townhomes on third street. So we were looking at, 
you know, those student rentals that being a hundred grand a pop, that's all we needed, you know, $400 a month cash flow out of everyone. And yep. we didn't, London had traditionally been that snail pace of a market and we weren't expecting uh, property values to go up as high as they did. And then we learned about leveraging the properties to, you know, pull some of that equity and then, and purchase more, right. Purchase bigger. So, um, now David, you've gone down that, uh, that Avenue. What did it look like for you, uh, doing that step up, like going from, uh, the duplex to going now into more of that commercial space, the, uh, the, the more multi-residential space and, um, kind of some learning curves around that as well. Yeah. So mine was a pretty slow and steady progression. So I started with the duplexes, some student rentals, and I would sell some of those off or refinance and I'd buy triplex, fourplex. Then I graduated to six units. Um, so it was a slow progression. So the, the learning curve wasn't too steep because I went from a, a four unit to a six unit. So it was just two more tenants. It, it really wasn't much, much more to learn. Um, I would just take what I've learned about how to treat tenants or what works for the units, you know, how they look, what works to get top dollar. Um, and now we just grow, I just grew from there. So six units, 12 units, 14 units. Um, so, and that's kind of where I, you know, the sweet spot that I seem to be comfortable with each individual joint venture partner is I like that somewhere between 10 and 20 units is, is ideal for me. But one thing I did learn is that if you're going to use joint venture partners, you need to know exactly what you expect out of that joint venture partner and stick to it. So I only want people who are going to be money partners. I, I don't want people who want to be involved because then we're going to have, you know, difference, difference of opinions potentially. So my avatar is someone who just wants to have a hands-off investment and doesn't want to be involved. Now I do have a partner who, who is, I guess, considered a 50, 50 partner. He joint ventured, but also helps. But since then, which I still am partners with him, and there's nothing wrong with that relationship. I've just realized my personality and what I prefer and how I can help someone the most is someone that has the money and does not want to deal with tenants at all. Because if not, I can just show them and sell them a, you know, a 12 plex for themselves. But my, my ideal is they handle the money. I handle all the work. Right. Awesome. So I just want to bring it back for a second to the Costa Rica, um, experience that you had. Maybe we have some listeners and some people tuning in that are looking at that as maybe an investing opportunity. So can you maybe share a little bit more about that um, process and how you would go about starting that? Yeah, sure. I think the, the biggest difference is the mortgages. It's a little bit more difficult to get a mortgage or you can't get a mortgage at all. Um, so most people either pay cash or purchasing it on a, on a line, a home equity line of credit, but they do now have products where a little bit higher interest rate than we're dealing with here, where they'll allow a 60% loan to value. So that would be the biggest difference and that anyone who wants to jump into that space to make sure that they have enough capital to handle the project. But you're going to be dealing with a Airbnb or, or some sort of um, short-term rental. So the cash flow is is quite nice, and that's I think that's what attracts most people. For ourselves, we're looking for somewhere that we can spend 
some vacation time and, and potentially retire somewhere. So we wanted to pick up a property in an area that we would want to retire. And it just so happens to be in a nice beach town that makes it easy to, to rent out every single month. That is so awesome. I love it. So are you renting your property on Airbnb or what platforms are you? Yes. Right now it's basically just Airbnb and um, bookings.com, but most of it comes through Airbnb. Um, nice. So that that's, that's what's working for us right now. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, if you were to share any uh, type of resource for anybody uh, or what, what your top resources are when it comes down to investing, whether it be a book, podcast, anything else like that. Well, that's a, that's a good question. Actually, um, I would just say the number one thing you can do is join a local networking group um, and network with other investors because you're going to learn so much just by having conversations. Um, you can also do it now. That's what I do love about Instagram. Like Leah mentioned, it's a great way for people to network where you've never even met someone. Um, you can ask questions. So that's probably the first place I would start. Um, and it really depends on where you are in your investing career, what books, but I highly recommend um, reading books on the subject, either on self-development or on just investing in general. Um, I started with, and most people have started with The Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So if you haven't read that, that's obviously the starting point. And it usually sparks something in most of us that makes you want to chase, chase those ideas. Um, and so there's not one particular book I would recommend. I would just suggest you keep learning as you go. So I've been, like I said, I've been now investing 25 years and I still buy books on, on subjects, trying to learn as much as I can um, every single year. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think I love your advice on join that local meetup um, group where you can actually get connected with people that are doing it and, you know, f find uh, people that are doing it and learn from them and uh, just grow from there. Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's, just, it's just like the, uh, the quote or the saying, your network is your net worth, right? The people that you surround yourself with are, you know, it, it makes a big difference. So yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's so true. And I try to relay that even to my, my boys. I've told my son, the people you hang around are going to shape who you actually are. And so if you want to level up, you need to start hanging around people who are doing more than you're doing. Um, that doesn't mean you, you lose those friends you've had your whole life, but you need to grow as a person and, and surround yourself with the people or the person that you want to be. Absolutely. Love that. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on to the show and sharing with us, David. Uh, for any of the listeners out there that wanted to get into connection with you or to, to reach out, uh, what's the best way that they can reach out to you? Well, there's, I guess, a few ways you can reach out to me. Um, Instagram is um, a great way. My handle is David underscore Joviniello, which the spelling for that is um, on the screen. Um, that would probably be one of the easier ways. Um, or david.joviniello at century21.ca. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, uh, thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate you having me on. I had a good time. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. We'll talk to you soon. We hope that you enjoyed the show today and that we brought you some value. We'd love it if you give some feedback, let us know what you think about the show and what you'd like to hear. And while you're at it, give us a follow so you don't miss out on any further episodes.